The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, Community Radio of the High Desert. Our guest today is Tim Willis from the DIY Cave in Bend, Oregon. That's right, we do have a DIY cave right here in our local community. And we thought it would be helpful to know about a place where you can create Valentine's gift from the heart. Valentine's Day is approaching on February 14th, and we all know someone who's very picky and hard to buy a gift for. So that's when a handmade gift might come in real handy. However, not all of us have the luxury of time, so we're going to want to find a shop that's dedicated to making handmade gifts. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Jackie. Well, welcome to our show. So let's get right into it. So it's the DIY cave. So it's uh, do-it-yourself. Uh, we are a makerspace um, that uh, is really dedicated to helping people uh, find the resources they need to create their projects, whether it's, you know, from things like you were mentioning, a nice Valentine's Day gift, maybe a little charcuterie board or something in the wood shop, or... Uh, Progressing their skills, um, learning some of the the more high-tech stuff that we have going on with our CNC machines and 3D printers and uh, the new robotics program that we're starting. You have a robotics program coming in. You're yeah. excited about that. Are you connected with the college in any way? You know, we're not really connected with the colleges in any uh, sort of real way, although... Uh, we definitely have lots of uh, conversations and collaboration with with people that are involved with the colleges, uh, both colleges and many of the schools in town as well. Right. People can come in as teachers and then people can also sign in, up for classes. Could you explain like how you become a teacher of the crafts at the DIY Cave and how you sign up for a course? Yes, there is two elements and and many, many, many more um, elements that uh, definitely take a lot of our bandwidth. But the classes are a big part of it. The classes are sort of where you can get your experience, where you can get your familiarity on the tools if you don't have them. Our teachers, we typically have teachers that teach a specific genre, um, something that they're particularly passionate about and have a high level of skill in. There's certain classes that we feel that it is uh, very important for us to keep running on a regular basis. Some of the core basic woodworking, basic metal shop classes, basic forge classes. Some of the things that are going to get people up and running and using the shop real easily if they don't have much experience within that genre. And then on top of that, we, we really look for the community members that have a particular skill or particular technique that w they would really like to to share with the community. And, and then we have a path forward for them. Um, the easiest way, if you are interested in teaching, is to go to our website, and we do have a teacher consideration form on there. Or reach right out to us at info at DIY Cave, and we'll point you in the right direction. Now, one thing that I noticed, because I did visit it, and I'm amazed at the equipment you have, is the kind of equipment that I wouldn't have in my garage, primarily because I'm not handy. I don't do a lot of things with wood or metal. Do you have, like, safety protocol that, uh, that allows people to come in, such as myself, to use some machines that they've never worked on before? How do you handle people like myself who don't know how to do that kind of stuff? Well, fortunately, um, 
in the way that we have the shop set up is that people are able to come in sort of on their own time, their own schedule, and with their own comfort level. Uh, we run the shop with a volunteer staff. Um, some of those staff members may or may not be very experienced in the area that you're in when you come in. So as you get used to it, if you want to, say, work in the metal shop, you might want to you might want to pick a day when one of our volunteers uh, that's more experienced in the metal shop is there. And they can help you answer questions. They're not really there for training. They've got a lot more uh, responsibilities that they have to do through the day. But to make sure that, hey, I'm stuck on this. I'm not really sure if this is held right or clamped well. Can you give me some suggestions? And they're fantastic at that. It's one of the things about the shop that... Uh, that really is amazing is that it's it's not just our volunteers or ownership or teachers or members, but it really is everybody um, that's able to share that knowledge. I, I like to say that uh, I say I don't know all the time. <laughs> I really don't say I don't know who to ask very often anymore because of the community that we have there. And then on some of the other tools, the tools that have a little bit uh, a little more danger that people maybe are a little less familiar with we do have certification and training programs to where people can come in and get on a table saw learn safe practices before they actually start their project and i did see not to do that the same day you want to use the equipment right set up a certification ahead of time was that correct <laughs> it very much helps Although, um, you know, if somebody comes into the wood shop, they need to cut a few boards down to keep working on their project. They need to use the table saw and they're not certified. Typically, there's somebody in the shop who is certified who would be happy to run a cut or two for you. Now, if you had a whole cabinet set that you needed to cut up, that might be a little bit more than uh, we could offer in that in that. But we try to keep people moving forward on their projects as much as we can. So, Tim, um, that's a lot of equipment that you have. How is this funded? Do people pay a membership fee or, uh, you know, how, how do the how do you pay for all of these tools? That's been a challenge. Um, it really has been. We've we're working in a in a business, the, the maker spaces uh, that we have as examples um, have really there's not really a a blueprint for how to run a makerspace well. So we've changed um, several times over the years, but yes, we do run it as a makerspace or as a membership base. You can come in as a guest member. You will pay a little bit more for that. But we have a fairly um, nominal, I believe it's $149 for a yearly membership, which allows you a 12 hour or $12 an hour access to the shop for most things. Now, on, on some things, some of the CNC equipment, the automotive lift, anything that takes up uh, more resources, whether it's, whether it's more expensive resources that have more maintenance, whether it's a lot of the space resources, then you bring a vehicle in, there are some surcharges, and then also on consumable and material costs. Um, but we really do try to keep it as reasonable as possible so that we can get the most community members in. I have two questions, actually, and but I, w I didn't realize you have a space that people could come in and work on their cars. Yes, we have we have a ten thousand pound automotive lift, um, and we have you know 
most of the basic mechanics tools. So there's so many specialty things in this day and age that we can't nearly stock everything. Um, but people are also welcome to bring in their own tools if they have things that are particular to their own car or that they're particularly comfortable using. They can very much bring those in as well. That's exciting. What motivated you to set up DIY here in Bend? And how long ago did you do it? He, he laughs, for all of you who can't see. Yes. Well, um, what motivated me particularly, I think, was uh, really just looking for a way to uh, create something that I could do as I'm moving on from my career, which has been as a commercial fisherman. Um, and so moving on from that, I thought about things that I could do to be able to spend a little bit more time at home. And nothing was really very inspiring until I kind of came across this idea, which was really launched by um, kind of thinking of the high school shop that I didn't have access to anymore. Or uh, my uncle was in the military, and I remember going on to base and seeing the shops that all the military members had access to um, and kind of realizing that there was a big void in, in that resource for most communities. Um, now, that... I didn't know what a makerspace was then. Um, this was in 2015 or 14, actually. We started, I think, talking about it, and we finally moved in uh, at the beginning of 2015. Uh, but I was really started researching and looking for that, if there had, anybody had done it, if there was any information out there, hey, how do I do this? Can I get a franchise? Can I whatever? You know, I mean, is there anything that we can go with? And we really didn't find much for a while until I learned the term makerspace, which has been done in in many places around the world, although, I, like I said before, I think that it's still really being figured out how to do that well, especially as a open community, and we are a for-profit business. Ha ha ha! <laughs> um, we have we have managed to figure out a way to pay our expenses along the way, um, but most maker spaces are somehow connected with a school or some sort of museum or or nonprofit business, which means that they have you know access to grant funding to help in those ways, um, which was something that we thought about doing it was definitely an option but we really part of our goal and part of our mission was to figure out how to create this as a sort of a blueprint for every town you know that uh, that there is a way for small business to function in, in many different towns and and succeed well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have our conversation with uh, Tim from DIY Cave in Bend. And we'll talk a little bit about some gifts that people can make. And we're back on the Friday edition of The Point, And we're continuing our conversation with Tim Willis from the DIY Cave here in Bend. So, Tim, tell us what's the most creative things that people have made or that they even can make. I know you mentioned uh, the cutting board, which I thought was just fabulous, but what kinds of things do people make? Well, the cutting board's a 
great way to come in and do something simple, get started with, with uh, you know, not necessarily to have a tremendous amount of skills. You can do that with a few skills that most people are fairly comfortable with learning quickly. Um, but we take it all over the board. We've got, uh, we've uh, partnered and supported a group called KinSculpt, which uh, created a you know 16 foot tall robo botanical flower that has uh, been at our local maker fairs and made it to Burning Man, and uh, now has plans to go down to the Oregon Country Fair and some other settings in town. So. Um, that's, that was really fun. That was a big collaborative community project that was maybe one of the more creative things that have been done there. But we've had, you know, school buses raised, tiny homes built. We've had uh, uh, business ideas with, uh, you know, fire and music and speakers. And we've had, uh, we had one of our early on, one of our first welding classes, we had a gal come in and learn to weld in our welding class and then she wanted to attach a sidecar to her motorcycle um, the two didn't go together well so she wanted to create a bracket for this with minimal welding experience and we helped her out and got her through the project and uh, she ended up taking her dog in the sidecar and last I heard she'd been in all 50 states and Canada and Mexico uh, with the dog in the sidecar so you know it's really nothing is uh, nothing is off the table and it's only limited by the maker's imagination. Are there things like jewelry and, you know, like you say, welding and some art? Is there painting? Is there, you know, what kinds of things do you have there that people do? So our, our shops are, it's almost easier to talk about what we don't have, but we have a metal shop, we have automotive shop, we have wood shop with, uh, you know, lathes and whatnot. We have a blacksmith studio. We have a glass studio for stained glass and fused glass. We have jewelry studios and a, a bunch of wonderful glass and jewelry art, artists right now that are teaching for us. So some really interesting classes going on in that department. One thing I saw, if anyone's looking for a Valentine's date idea, is that you offer classes, and specifically for couples. Is that right? Yeah, we try to do at least one a month, um, and we kind of play with that a little bit, but uh, that's a, a fun story. Our very first uh, date night class, we said, we should do a date night class, and this is, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And so we decided to do a date night welding class on Valentine's Day and we had no idea how well that was going to work out and we ended up with a waiting list on our first class. So we figured we were onto something and we've had really good success with those since. I have to ask about the space, uh, you know, with all of this, where are you located and how big is your space? Ooh, well, we've got uh, a couple buildings, um, and we are located on Ninth Street, kind of behind Bend High, um, near Wilson, in the old Packet Liquidators building, which used to be the Lundgren Mill back in the day. Big red old mill building with a giant dust collector tower out front, so you can't miss us. And it's right wow. next to a food court where you could go after you create your 
design and your masterpiece. The beepers uh, for the food carts actually work in most areas of the shop, so there's a lot of people running back and forth. <laughs> oh, I, I bet there are. <laughs> yeah, so in the minute that we have left, just tell people how they can find you and how they can learn about classes. Yeah, so the easiest way is go straight to our website. We've got a, a wonderful new website that we've gotten up in the last year or so. Heather's been been killing it on trying to create a little a little bit more streamlined method for people to find all the things they need to know. So that's the great stop. Um, DIYcave.com. And then just always reach out with any questions. You can't get answered there at info at DIYcave.com. Well, thank you, Tim Willis from the DIY Cave. And I'm going to drop by sometime and see what these nimble fingers can create. Well, and just to let you know, so our member hours are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're always happy to give shop tours when we're open to the public. We kind of keep the front doors locked on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and do most of our classes, our private instructions, our mentoring, those kinds of things early in the week. So stop by Thursday through Sunday. We're happy to give you a tour. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert. For more information or the KPOV program schedule, go to kpov.org. We welcome feedback. Drop us a line, podcast at kpov.org.